Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. How do tax increases affect business? Something I want to talk about with you, Bill. We'll also switch gears and talk about a local business that believes in good food, experiences, and fun. But let's start with this. I'm here with the ultimate communicator, Dr. Bill Lanton. So what's new? I know you came from a meeting. Was there anything interesting there today? Oh, yes. I had a fantastic luncheon meeting. I was with Michael Coles. Michael was the founder of the Great American Cookie Company. I imagine you ate a few of those. The the double doozy. You don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly (laughs) what that is. And also, then he became president of Caribou Coffee. After that, he was chairman of Brand Bank. I had the privilege a couple of months ago of interviewing him on my podcast, Biz Communication Show. We Today was our first time to meet, and I'll be interviewing him again on my Biz Communication Show in a couple of weeks. And it was a wonderful privilege to meet someone so highly professional at the top of the business ladder and yet a great down-to-earth guy. And he was right here in Hall County? Well, I, I guess Flowery Branch is still Hall County. I think so. Any, any takeaways from learning from him? So again, you're talking about somebody that, I mean, those are, those are big jobs. Yes, I think the main takeaway from him is that the Coles School of Business at Kennesaw, Kennesaw State is named after him. And he never went to college. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) His is a remarkable success story. He started working full-time at 13. His father had gone bankrupt, and so he needed to work. Next thing you know, he's a a big mogul in the clothing industry, and he went from that to Great American Cookie. Something. Yeah, somebody look up. That's a fascinating story. Now, let's talk about a local meeting, what's going on, what's good. Something that came up, I was reading some articles, and it came up on, a, on an interview I did earlier this week, uh, talking about the proposals to raise taxes, okay? And, the, and this isn't going to be a political discussion. We don't have time for that, right? This isn't what the show, this show's about. But we're talking about proposals that are going to raise taxes for people making $400,000 and above. The issue that comes up with that is a lot of those people are business owners, small business owners filing as sub-S elections. So... Any thoughts? I just would like to hear your input, Bill, of what do you think about that? Are we really thinking this through if the people that are running these businesses are maybe the ones getting a little bit of a bigger hit or penalized with these tax cuts? So that's not their personal income. That's their business income that's being taxed. Is well, that right? It'd be their personal. It'd come through to their personal. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the incomes above 400000 mm-hmm. But a lot of those people, right, a lot of those people, they're the same people that are creating jobs. They're paying tax revenue, and there's a lot of debate about that. Hey, it sounds good maybe that we're taxing somebody to help more people out, but what if you penalize the people that, again, are creating jobs, creating significant tax revenue in the community? My concern with it is is what's hap- what I'm seeing happening is it's we'll, we'll tax this higher income group, and you even see some things coming out about million dollars and plus, much higher income group, but what happens is as we start to, to look at that, that might make it feel okay to, okay, we're going to raise some taxes, but it always trickles down. I've, I've yet to see major tax increases at any level to where it doesn't trickle down to everybody. And then the middle class gets it. So that's what, that's what we're going to look at is, okay, are we, 
Are we buying into something that might be actually hurting us in the long run? And it reminds me of the stimulus. Okay, the stimulus came out where everybody got their $1,400. I recently saw, um, so that, that's going to be helpful to some people. And the idea is you spend it in the economy and it helps stimulate the economy. But the issue comes up with when we look at the real math, it's costing each, each household $14,000 to get your $1,400 stimulus check. So no, because it ha- the money has to come from taxation, right? Right. And if you'll make that bet with me, Bill, I'll do that all day long. I'll, I'll give you fourteen hundred if you'll pay me back fourteen thousand. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> that's not a good bet. No. All right. Even I know that's not a good Even bet. That. So, so, I, so I queued you up as the ultimate communicator, and I'm excited about our guest today, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But you have one or two. I just like to put you on the spot every once in a while. What would be that one tip for somebody that says, you know what? In my life, in my business, out in the world, I would like to be a better communicator. What's your one big takeaway? I'll quote uh, Michael Coles from today. Perfect. Uh, Michael Coles, who is an infinitely successful businessman, told me that people who ask him for business advice, how to get to the top, how to stay successful, he said, learn to listen to other people. And in his book, which I've read and reviewed, he said, one of the main things I learned right away was, people talk about being the smartest person in the room. He said, you don't need to be the smartest person in the room. Surround yourself with smart people and listen to them. Right. If you can, if you can get a smart group of people together and help them work together and listen, I think you're right. I think you're onto something. Listen and respond. There you go. Well, so let's keep going on. And I want to, so we're talking about things going on locally. And let's get to our guest today, because we talked about, uh, you talked about the cookie company and even the coffee company. So you're getting me kind of on that path of yummy things. I don't have to prompt you to get you on the path of food, Bo. I mean, but. Especially if, coffee, if I, and coffee, too. Yes, right? that's right. You know, how many years was my tagline? You can always find, I'm always available for a cup of coffee and a second opinion. That's coffee's right. Coffee's on me and the second opinion's free at 770, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All right. So, so you're right. Coffee's always been, been something very dear to my heart. Uh, but let's, let's bring on our guest in just a minute. But before we do that, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Rich Life Advisors. Rich Life Advisors believes you deserve a customized retirement strategy created specifically for you. Retirement planning is not a product, it's a strategy. It is retirement by design. So go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. When we come back, you're in for a treat because we are talking good food, your budget, and memorable experiences with Judah Still and Miles Wilman from Harvest Kitchen. You don't want to miss it right here on The Voice of Local Business, North Georgia Business Radio X. We talked about taxes. We talked about local businessmen, Bill, that you've had the opportunity to to talk with recently. That first segment had a lot going on, right? Now I'm excited to get to our guest. We got Julia Steele and Miles Wilman with Harvest Kitchen. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton, and you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. We're bringing in Julia Steele and Miles Wilman with Harvest Kitchen. Welcome to the show, guys. 
Thank you. It's uh, good to you. be here, Bill. Bill. So, so first thing I'd love to hear is just kind of your, your two minute, this is kind of your elevator pitch about just letting people know what is Harvest Kitchen. So I read Harvest Kitchen and catering. Is that is that proper or is it two separate or break that down for me? Yeah, synonymous. They go hand in hand. Okay. So we originally started as a catering company, um, grew too big for our britches and <laughs> needed our own kitchen. We were borrowing kitchen space from friends and family and um, as we as we began looking for a kitchen, realized that uh, they all come attached to a storefront. So started exploring the idea of what to do with the storefront. So catering really grew into a restaurant. Got it. Now it makes a lot of sense. Well, Miles, so we're talking a little bit about that, but let's individually talk talk about both of you. Tell me a little bit. Did you grow up, young Miles, running around? Hey, I want to run a, a restaurant one day and, and catering. Or what's the backstory there? I did not. I started cooking in college. Okay. Um, at a restaurant in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. I'm from Jacksonville. Um, quickly grew to love cooking, so I went back to Jacksonville for culinary school at uh, Florida State College in Jacksonville and cooked at a bunch of different restaurants around the North Florida area for about uh, 15 to 17 years, I believe, before I left to go be a missionary. What's the, um, what's the stimulation of of cooking i mean most of us if we cook it's just so we can have a meal but apparently some people really love it you're right yeah apparently you just get you have an innate kick about that is is it because the creative side of it we we like to create something good yes um i never realized how i loved cooking until i had to do it for a job in college but uh i really did love the creative side being able to create something that other people and in turn get to enjoy and that came into that that played into your role now i'm I'm guessing the cooking all right so julia let's do your backstory yeah running around saying i want to work in the kitchen (laughs) catering business as a little girl never running around saying i want to eat food okay there you go (laughs) loved food um my mom always said when i was growing up we'd be eating breakfast and i would ask what was for dinner food was always on the brain um, so love food, love the experience that it creates, love what happens whenever we gather around the table um, and just commune around food. So I've always loved the experience of food. Never had any inkling for catering company, restaurant. That was never on the radar. Um, I went to school for business, have a background in business. Mm-hmm. By background in business, I mean really just educational, no, no experience. This is my first ownership at all of any sort of business, but did undergrad in business management um, and then my graduate degree in uh, business administration. Kind of put that on the back burner for a while, ran around the globe as a missionary, um, really just wanted to learn more about the Father's heart and his people and, and get outside of my bubble of of the States, I guess, um, get outside of that bubble and, and just experience what the world had to offer. And so was a missionary for about four or five years, came back to the States and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life at all. Still don't know what I want to do with my life. but uh, When you grow up. When I grow up, someday. <laughs> Someday. I heard that doesn't have to happen for, for a while. I've, I've got time on that. We're still working on it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear. We're good. We're good. Um, so started exploring options, and the organization that I was a missionary through is called Adventures and Missions. They're based out of North Hall County, just 10 minutes up the road from the studio here. And they were looking for somebody to come and work in the kitchen. And so I didn't really have an experience, but I figured I could learn. I could figure it out as I went, so applied for that job. Got that job, so moved down here. I'm from Missouri, but moved down here to run their kitchen at their headquarters here. And so I was feeding missionaries would come in before they'd be launched to the field. So I'd be cooking for upwards of 300 missionaries at any given time, three meals a day for 10 days a week. I mean, 10 days in a row. 
and loved it. Um, loved everything about it. It was really hard. Um, without having that background in culinary arts, it was a very steep learning curve, um, but I loved what I was doing and slowly began being approached by friends and family in the community asking me to cater small events for them. Next thing I know, I'm catering weddings for them and still having no idea what I'm doing. Um, so our, our paths intersect pretty close to that point where he kind of fell into catering as well, where both end up in Gainesville, sat down and said, hey, what you love about catering is what stresses me out. <laughs> and what I love about catering is what you don't want to do. Um, and so sat down about three years ago and had that conversation of moving forward together as a unit. It sounds like that, that what is it, the Reese's commercial? It's like the peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, that <laughs> works good together. You like what I, your, your strength's my weakness. So yeah. good, guys. But you, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Adventures and Mission, great local ministry. Uh, but that's where you guys met, right? Miles, you were involved too, and yes. y'all crossed paths there. Yeah, I was leading trips for them um, on a volunteer basis, but I was uh, traveling around leading trips and then moved here to be with Community from Adventures. Okay, and is, is was was y'all's connection through Adventures, was that pre, okay, we're going to work together on this project and this business? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so it came up over time. Yeah. Well, this segment, this is really about you guys. So so one of the things, we're going to get back to business, but I'm, I'm curious because you brought up Adventures and Mission and the mission field. Biggest takeaway or maybe biggest experience or or if you could share with our listeners, maybe they haven't experienced that. And you guys have been out there and I know you've done it and it was important and it's important to you. So any takeaways from, from that experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I think the world was a lot bigger of a place than I ever knew from growing mm-hmm. up and watching the news and all of that. Um, actually getting to go to all these countries and be there um, and just meet people in the villages and all of that. The world's a lot less scary, I'd say, than uh, mm. than I imagined growing up uh, and just watching the news and hearing about these places from afar. In yeah, bigger context. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly my first thought of it's not as scary as I thought it would be for me. I, I had never left the States before. Um, I went The trip that I did through Adventures and Missions is called the World Race, and so it's 11 months, 11 countries. And we started out in East Africa. I had n- I'd never even been on a cruise to Mexico, Canada, nothing. I was in my very small Midwestern bubble. And the exact same thing, the world is, is not as scary as, it, as it's painted to be. There really are beautiful people all over the world. And to tag along with that, one of the biggest takeaways for me was the the amount of joy that people can have in the midst of oh, yeah. what we would consider to be devastation. Sure. That there are actually people living lives over there and, and thriving and loving their life um, was incredibly eye-opening for me. I think related to your your current profession, I would imagine you were fascinated by all the different kinds of foods that you ate internationally. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, a lot of the stuff we are serving are things that I learned in uh, Europe while I was there yeah. at the restaurant. So were you, were you ever served by the communities you were serving? Um, oh, yeah, all okay. the time. They would they'd bring us into their homes and cook us, um, cook us meals pretty much every night. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's, let's get back to, to Harvest. So, so one interesting name. Is there a backstory for the name? Yeah. There usually is a story. That's why I ask. A little bit, yeah. So we <laughs> shortly after we decided that we were going to partner up together, create this catering company, we were like, okay, next step is a name. you, you got to have something to call it. And we sat down and attempted to come up with a name, and we got nowhere. We were like, I don't know, M and J, Miles and Julia Catering, I, we, nothing. <laughs> we had no idea where to start. And so we actually called up a couple of our friends that we really like and trust that are um, just wise. One of them has a background in communication as well, so which she went to school for. And um, they're, they're a married couple. And we called them up and said, well, you guys just bring your whiteboard, come pick our brain, help us, help us come up with the name. So we met with them. Um, 
And next thing we knew, we just had a, a whiteboard full. Uh, you couldn't fit anything else on that whiteboard. And as, as the conversation developed, we landed on a couple key words that were really the heart of what we felt like the Lord was calling us to in this season. From there, narrowed it down to Harvest was just really, really what stuck out to us. And so we, we launched as Harvest Catering Company or Harvest Catering Co. And then with the restaurant, it was like, that's confusing. You can't have a restaurant called Catering Co. People won't know what it means. So then we landed on Harvest Kitchen. Um, and now we're predominantly known as just Harvest or Harvest Kitchen. Harvest Catering Co. will respond to any of the above. You'll answer. I like that. Yeah. Well, any so so I like that. I can tell you did work to to think through to bring in brainstorm to find something that resonates. Was there? Um, and you said you talked about listing things that that resonated. Is there is there a value statement or a mission statement behind there? Because there was something in your bio that I really liked about why you do what you do. Yeah. yeah. I should probably have that memorized by now. We did write out we did write out a vision and a mission statement. Next time we're on the show, we'll we'll get that to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, really, our heart and our vision and our passion is what food does for people. Like our why is the communal gathering. Um, it's the experience of of peace and belonging and just being with loved ones and that shared experience with people. And so for us, it's never been about food. It's never been about owning a restaurant. It's it's just been about the experience and, and, and the cultivating of people together and the gathering that happens around the table really is like our vision and our heart and our why. That's something I was I was going to ask. I, I knew that uh, we'd had a conversation with Miles about loving to just create food, but the social part of it was always in my mind as well. And if you look back at any kind of ancient literature, certainly you and the scriptures, if people wanted to get to know each other better, they got together for meals. If they'd had arguments, they got together <laughs> for meals. And one of the things, of course, that has changed so much during COVID, the business lunch has not been available for a long time as we knew it. The celebration dinners, and, and it's not just the, the food we're missing and the time to get away from the office or to get out of the house. It is that interaction which comes when you're as we say breaking bread with somebody else yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's something that we're seeing like as these vaccinations are rolling out and covid restrictions are loosening you see so many people that are just chomping at the bit to get back in community and gather with their friends and family that they've missed those experience exactly what you're describing well, were there any pivot guys with COVID? Did you have to try, hey, we're going to serve bag lunches at this point because people aren't coming out or, or doing what they used to? Yeah, for sure. So we actually opened the restaurant in August, so right in the middle of all of this. Yeah. Um, when we first opened up, we were looking at maybe just doing all to go. Mm -hmm. um, we decided not to do that because we didn't want our food to be experienced for the first time by people in a to-go box where it's you know losing some quality and all. So we decided to open up. Um, on a much smaller scale for sure. Um, but we did see people coming out and, um, you know, we had our tables separated and everything, but uh, we did get smaller tables of people that were w really wanting to come out. Very good. Well, we got that. What I want to get to next, guys, is I've been waiting as long as I can, but I want to hear about some of the specific foods you guys make and serve. Really excited about that. And some of the venues that I, catering's still going on, right? Yeah, yeah. What that looks like. I'm Bo Henderson here with Julia Still and Miles Women with Harvest Kitchen. Dr. Bill Lampton, the ultimate communicator. I'm Bo Henderson, and you're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X.
You're with us on North Georgia Business Radio, Bo Henderson and Bill Lampton, with our guests, Julia Still and Miles Wilman of Harvest Kitchen. You know, Bill, before we went to the break, I was getting really excited. It's been hard for me to be patient because we want to talk backstory and how did we get to today, but I really want to know about the food. Okay? I noticed you're salivating over yeah, there. Yeah, it's yes. kind of like that Pavlov thing. I heard a bell or something. <laughs> but anyway, so so let's talk about the food. So so is there kind of a, a theme or is it a little bit of everything? Is it, um, hey, I've really got, Miles really has the special going on that people, people uh, request. Give me a little bit of insight there, guys. Yeah, so it's kind of been evolving as we go. So our vision started with inspiration from our time in Spain, uh, predominantly just with their their culture and the way that they slow things down, just their pace of life and how intentional they are when they gather gather around the table. So that's really like our vision for the food, but inspired by Spanish-style tapas. So the idea is that you come and you order for the table and you share lots of food, which hasn't worked well with COVID, but we're we're getting there. (laughs) Um, But it really frees us up to share whatever food we want to share, honestly. So it's inspired by Spanish-style tapas. Um, we've got two incredible chefs. Uh, Miles is the executive chef, our sous chef, Logan Needy. Um, he's got 20, 17 uh, years of experience, years, yeah. something like that. A lot of years, way more than me. <laughs> uh, and so between the two of them, they I, I trust anything that they want to put on the table. I trust anything they come up with. So um, we have some top sellers, but then we also run weekly specials. We have wine specials. Um, we have main course specials. We have dessert specials. So we're running specials all the time. And, and the specials are really where we give the chefs free reign of creatively whatever they can come up with. I trust them to do it, and I'll eat whatever they put in front of me. So they, they come up with some pretty incredible dishes. So what do you serve daily, uh, lunch and dinner or what? Yeah, so we're open Thursday through Sunday. So we do lunch on Thursday, Friday, and then on Saturday, Sunday, we do brunch during those hours. So where we'd normally do lunch, we do brunch, and then we do dinner uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Miles, do you, real, do you get the opportunity to say, you know what, this might sound out there, but I get to experiment. Let's throw oh. this thing out here and see how it lands. All the time. That's what our <laughs> specials are on the weekends. Um, like uh, Julia said, Logan Needy, my sous chef, and I just uh, will come together every week and plan special for the next week. And we try a lot of things that we've never even done before. We, you know, research recipes and find things that just sound good. And we'll go out there and just give it a shot. And it's, it really is a lot of fun. And wait for feedback. Right? And wait for feedback, <laughs> for sure. So that, that's a very unique style. I know, so, so kind of a tapas, kind of that, that, that family style ish the best you can do right yep. now and, uh, so it's a unique experience and experience was a word when i was asking you guys about your mission it, it stood out to me in, in one of your bio there that um it was about creating i, I call them memorable experiences so yep. food is kind of a vehicle you said it's not always necessarily about the food yes but it helps facilitate those memorable experiences yeah and you think about it we do everything around food yeah. We meet, we talk, we get together, we celebrate birthdays, get together with the family, friends. Uh, so I think it's a really cool idea. Now, with the the kitchen, or, or do I call it a restaurant? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah a restaurant. restaurant. Yep, okay, yep. okay. So tell us a little bit about that. It's kind of the layout, um, have people in, big how, parties, how many, parties. How many people do you see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever we get to max capacity, which hopefully will be in, in the near future, we'll be at 36 seats indoor. Okay. Um, and then we also, through the process of pivoting with COVID regulations, the city has been incredible. We've had a handful of people just really rally in our corner behind a small local business and have done incredible work to get us to the point where we are. And so they were able to approve outdoor seating for us. They had to change a couple of regulations for us, but we're wildly accommodating. And so we've now got an additional 20 seats outside. 
inside. So at full capacity, we'll be at a total of about 56. Uh, but it really is just a, you walk in, it feels like a restaurant. There's a hostess stand and there's tables and uh, it really is, it's just, it's a restaurant. I'm excited to to hear about the, the outside seating because there's not a lot of it around town. And that's one of the things we're often thinking, hey, it's such a beautiful day. Where can we go sit? And we have maybe a couple of choices. So it's good to know we have another choice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've got five tables out there at max capacity. It's about 20 seats. We were able over the course of the winter season to get some like thick, heavy duty curtain windbreakers hung up. So the other day when there was that rainstorm on, I believe that was Saturday, Sunday morning, torrential downpour we had a full patio and we were able to just put those curtains down everybody could enjoy their meal we've got patio heaters out there and lights and so it it, it's been an incredible resource and tool in this season i would think with the international travel both of you had that that you probably saw a larger percentage of outdoor dining there is that correct oh absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah a lot of restaurants overseas are just like a uh, shack on the side of the road and there's some plastic tables and chairs and it'll be the best food you've ever eaten right. but there's not even a roof over your head and you hope the weather's okay yeah exactly holds exactly. up <laughs> well so we've been t- you know i've been excited about learning about it uh, but i want to go now so tell us where it's at and tell us how to get there yeah we're over on anota drive in the sherwood plaza we're okay. right next to uh elsenboro very good strip mall okay elsenboro locos that, that yeah, locos yeah right mm-hmm. there perfect so, so remind me again of the hours, days yeah. and hours. Yeah, yeah, we're open uh, Thursday through Sunday. Okay. So Thursday and Friday, we do 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., so lunch and dinner. Then for brunch on the weekends, we open up a little early. We open up at 10 a.m., so you've got that extra hour of brunch. We, we learned that one through the process of listening to our customers. They want to come in at 10 a.m. So we're now open at 10 a.m. on uh, Saturday, Sunday. On Saturday, we stay open until 9 p.m., so you can come and get dinner as well. Sunday is brunch only, so we close at about 2 p.m. Okay, I don't want to push you in any direction. I'm starting to feel an evolution. Maybe we need some live music out there one night. <laughs> we've we've talked about it. Okay. We actually had a customer come in. You got the patio one... or the yeah. outside seating? Yeah, we had a customer come in one time, and he asked us why we didn't have a, a, a live Spanish guitar player. And I said, I don't know a live Spanish guitar <laughs> player. And he said, well, you do now. So I told him, you know, after all the COVID regulations lift, to come back and talk to us. So we've, we've toyed with the idea of some live music. That would be really cool. Now, is there anywhere, so somebody looking, do they just need to come by, or is there anywhere on, online where I can go, hey, I want to check out the menu? Yeah, yeah. Online is definitely the best way to get connected with us. Um, just as simple as Googling us, Harvest Kitchen, Georgia, Harvest Kitchen, Gainesville, any of those will pull it up. We've uh, listed on Google Maps, listed on Google. Our website, if you'd like to go directly to our website and skip or bypass Google, is just Harvest Catering Co. CEO like company, harvestcateringco.com. Okay. Um, from there, you can see um, all of our catering information, but then as well as our restaurant menus. We've got brunch menu, tapas menu, our drink menus live on there, hours of operation, all the, all the good stuff is there on that website. Well, I have to, I, I didn't get to comment on it at the time, but I really applaud the name Harvest because to me as a communication guy, Harvest, it it it, uh, it, it just connotates plentiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it, it's like the start of a new season. All this great food is coming in. I, I commend you on the name. Thank you. Thank you. It is, it is a nice name because it's got multiple levels, right? Absolutely. The harvest of the food, the harvest of the relationships. Absolutely. And, the, and whenever we initially were like narrowing down the names, we'd actually narrowed it down to abundant harvest and decided that that was too many words. So it's exactly what, what you're communicating. Well, harvest is abundance in itself. Exactly. That, and that's exactly what we're like. This is redundant. Let's drop abundant <laughs> harvest. It's just harvest. So with a Thursday through Sunday scheduled, does that give you time to do some catering still? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's something we're constantly figuring out. We uh, So we took what used to be an old Chinese buffet and we flipped it into a full-service casual fine dining restaurant as well as a full-service catering company. We uh, cater a lot for NGHS, do a lot of weddings, corporate events, stuff like that. So cramming all of that into a 1,500-square-foot space is a uh, ever-present challenge. However, we rise to the challenge and figure it out, make it work. So we, we still do quite a bit of catering and, and that's continuing to grow as weddings from last year are rescheduling. And so you're having people come back. I hope they're not getting it. I hope it's not another wedding. We haven't even, no, no repeat customers yet no on the way. Well, and with that, so so is it the same kind of menu? Is it kind of the, the similar, the, hey, here's our kind of style, or is it whatever they order? The- yeah, we specialize for the catering company. We specialize in custom menus. So anything you can think of, we will make it work. And with that, if somebody wants to find, is it the same website? If somebody wants to reach out about the catering? Yes, harvestcateringco.com. Harvestcateringco.com. All right, so... We've gone through a lot of things. I'm excited. I want to go. Are you open today? No, it's Tuesday. No. we got to wait till Thursday. Okay. Uh, when, I, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you guys have, have made a lot of progress. This has been a couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh, where do you see, I, I'm a visionary guy, so I like to see where's the vision going and, and see what ideas you have. That makes me excited to hear you talk about it now and then two or three years down the road we see it sometimes. So, yeah. so I want to talk about that. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. You've been listening to Julia Steele and Miles Wilman with Harvest Kitchen. We'll be right back on North Georgia Business Radio X. This has been a conversation I've really enjoyed. We're talking about relationship, food, memorable experiences. And it's been great talking to our guest today, Julia Steele and Miles Wilman with Harvest Kitchen. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X, the voice for local business. And beyond being the voice for this business, it's been fun getting to know you guys a little bit. So hope you're having fun on the show. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hasn't been too torturous. Good. Uh, well, we kind of, as we're heading out, we brought up the catering a little bit. And I, oh, I didn't do it justice. We only gave it about a minute and a half. Let's talk a little bit more because I know that's a big part of what you do and really where you started. Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely our roots and definitely where this, like, it's really how we ended up coming together to form a business. Without the catering, I don't know how that would have ever happened. So catering's really... What brought us together, birthed the dream of Harvest, and it's been interesting, challenging, fun, all the things to, to navigate catering in the midst of a global pandemic. There's been lots of pivoting, lots of learning local regulations and what venues require and what brides are wanting for the events, lots of uh, rescheduling weddings. We've, we've got one wedding that's been rescheduled probably seven times now. They're, they're on about a, a two-year lag from their initial wedding date, and they're already out to next spring. So lots of pivoting, lots of learning as we go. Um, and it's just been wild in this season, really, like with the restaurant and with the catering company, watching those two cyclically feed into each other. So all the time, like we go and, and we cater these events and people want to know who we are and where we're from. And so we get to direct them to the restaurant. And then there will be people that come to the restaurant and the exact same thing. They want to know how they can get more of our food and how they can get different food. And so we get to point them in the direction of catering. So it's been um an interesting process with COVID. It's also just been really cool to watch it grow and expand and, and be ever changing. I think it's a, it's a nice evolution with the catering because 
you've kind of tested your product, you've got some clients, <laughs> and then yeah. you go in and take a building because you know people want more of it. Yeah, exactly. right? I, I could see it being a lot harder to do it the other way around. Now, as you're, as you're describing that, uh, I was really thinking, Julia, what are we looking at here? So if I had a dinner party for 10 couples, do we do that? Or is it 200 people wedding? Is there, is there a too big, too small? What's it look like? All of the above. Okay. So uh, we've the biggest event that we've ever done technically would be for, for NGHS. They do Nurse Appreciation Week. Um, we do that every year for them in the spring. It's coming up again this May. Uh, last year was right around 2,000 chicken biscuits Holy that we cow. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, granted, it's just chicken biscuits. It's not a full-service meal, but 2,000 people. So we're able to, to pump that out. Um, we do weddings that are 300 people plus. And then we also we have people that do come in um, for a lot smaller events and really – there's not a minimum on it. As long as you're willing to come pick it up, I don't want to send a full staff out to your house for, yeah. for a 10-person dinner. And, and nobody, nobody has the budget for that. Nobody wants that. So there really isn't much of a minimum or a maximum. We are really our goal with custom menus is to make the food that you want within the budget that you have. And so if you can tell me what kind of food you want, what kind of budget you're working with, I can tell you exactly like what kind of service we can provide with that. Well, some of us guys, we might not have good vision when it comes to hosting dinner parties right so is that something you would help with a little con a consult hey here's what i'm trying to put together yeah. and and kind of okay let's here's some things you need to know or here's some help yep. help really consult on the event yes yeah, okay. yeah absolutely if it's a wedding i point you towards a uh, wedding director or wedding coordinator because that's a little <laughs> a little bit above my pay grade that role. We'll, yeah. we'll point you in some directions but i'm not i'm not a wedding coordinator but yeah for events absolutely we do consultations all the time i'm frequently on the phone with people we offer tastings at the restaurant where you can come in sit down taste our food talk to us about your vision i can help direct you on your vision and a lot of times people do get overwhelmed with the whole Whatever you want, we can make it. And they're like, well, I don't know what I want. Yeah, give me so, two options. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so on our website, we have what we call a menu inspiration guide or menu where you can view some options and kind of help point you in a direction. Um, but again, with specializing custom menus, it's, it's just about the only thing we've found so far that we can't do is is brick oven pizza because we don't have a brick oven. We did the, we got that request once and we had to say no. Other than that, it really is just about whatever you can dream up. Very good. And same thing. Go to the site. Call. Schedule. Yeah. Would it be you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'm the I'm the catering director and all okay. of that. And through our website, the easiest way to get in contact with us for catering is through our website. You can submit an inquiry, and it'll just have you fill like your name, date of your event, any information that you have, and then emails. the The best way to correspond. Otherwise, I, I get lost. And what's a website address? Yeah, Harvest Catering Co. CEO like company. HarvestCateringCo.com. HarvestCateringCo.com. Check it out. One of the things that, that Bo and I find every time that we talk to entrepreneurs, and Bo and I are entrepreneurs ourselves, so we understand this, is that to succeed as an entrepreneur, you really do not do it alone. It sounds like a great solo act, but it isn't. And already you referred to getting a group of people together to help you select a name. You talked about how city officials had been so cooperative. Um, are there others who've helped you in specific ways that you'd like to mention? Oh, yes, absolutely. So uh, through Adventures and Missions, a lot of the men and women who run that organization are also entrepreneurs or have been in business for years. And so they poured into us um, throughout this whole process. We met with them. Um, they've given us advice on how to get investment money, how to um, how to really start a restaurant, how you know, and told us when our ideas have been bad and given us better ideas, which has been very. Yeah, there, nice. there are a lot of complicated details. Absolutely. It's not just I got an idea, but you have to have all all the forms right, all the. <laughs> 
all the procedures right and and their regulations you have to follow you got to know what they are yes. yes also julia's mom happens to be a cpa and so she's been a huge help to us uh, with all the forms and filling things out and the taxes yeah yeah she's like cpa slash serial entrepreneur um in just about any field that you can imagine woodworking tax and accounting computer programming uh, she helped to run group homes for delayed adults for a while so, like, she knows the whole spectrum, and she knows everything from start to finish. So, honestly, I couldn't even tell you how to incorporate a small business because well, my mom did it. I have no idea how to incorporate a small <laughs> business. So, mom has been a huge asset. Um, a lot of local small businesses as well. Like, we have a local woodworker. He's actually, I'm repping his sticker on my water bottle right now, but Brother Jack Woodworking, can't can't recommend him highly enough. Wes Price has come alongside us throughout this whole process, and he's... He's one of our like back pocket. We can call him anytime when we don't know what to do. He's like a general contractor slash woodworker. So we've we've plugged into him a ton. And then really like the city has been incredibly helpful through this whole process. We, I couldn't tell you how many times we went to them and said, I don't know what this form means. Can you explain it to me like I'm in second grade and then I might be able to track with you? And just so patiently, they walked alongside us. And I've really, the city of Gainesville really does have a heart for small locally owned businesses and they really do want to support that. And they've been a wild resource in pushing us through this process. I'm glad you got help on that because I've said for years that I think instructions are written for other people who write instructions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you guys, no, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear that about the, the city support, and and I've had that same experience, and we hear that over and over again. North Georgia just has a, a great giving community with a lot of resources, yeah. and, and they help. And you guys, and Bill mentioned it as, I couldn't think of a harder business um, to think of if I, was, if I was going to start one than a restaurant. I mean, you're dealing with inventory and, and all this stuff. It's not eight to five. Right. And it has, there <laughs> has to be not. that mission behind it, I think. I think yeah. it has to be something yeah. bigger than just doing it. Uh, you, you've been doing this two years, right? Am yes. I right? Two, yeah. two years. And you guys are on the right track. It, it's growing. You're building your fan base, uh, your, your customer base. I love to hear this. But in this two years, this might be the hardest. hardest uh, the first part can be really hard. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from being a business owner? Each of you. I want to hear different ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first thing that pops in my head is just open hands. Mm-hmm. Throughout this whole process, we have thought, oh, this is the direction that we're going. And even like looking at like we, we signed our, our lease for the building that we're in right now in November of 19. COVID hits the states in Georgia in like February, March, something like that. So it's it's just constantly been this process of it's good to dream and to plan and prepare, but you can't hold that so tightly that you miss the opportunities that are in front of you. So for me, I think one of the biggest things has been the open hands and just the willingness to pivot and be and be flexible. I think that's huge. Miles, anything to add to that? Yeah, for me, um, I've been in the restaurant business, like as I said, for years. Um, things have changed a lot over the last... Um, I took five years off to be a missionary. Over that time, they've changed a whole lot. And these days, it's all about marketing, social media specifically. It's all about branding and getting your name out there constantly. So we actually have my wife runs our social media, and she's constantly posting for us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, one of our friends, Evan Diaz, runs our website um, phenomenally. And that's been a huge thing for us to – I mean, we're in a small strip mall kind of off the beaten path, and it gets people – coming to us what's the facebook name and people might want to connect with you there yeah facebook instagram all those harvest kitchen ga okay harvest kitchen georgia oh bill so as we kind of wind down biggest takeaway and i'll tell you mine i think the biggest takeaway is their teamwork teamwork i like it mine is i'm excited next time we're sitting around saying where can we go 
where there's outdoor seating, I've got a new spot to try out. <laughs> there you so go. I'm to see we can't you wait to have you. I want to thank you guys for being on the show. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having us. We did it again. Great, show great job from our guests. And today's episode is brought to you by Rich Life Advisors. Rich Life Advisors believes you deserve a customized retirement strategy. It's retirement by design. RichLifeAdvisors.com. You can call us at 770-249-7424. We'll see you next time on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.